Hello, and welcome to Leadership Stories with Dr. Mary, helping leaders lead with their best life story. I'm Dr. Mary Mkandawire, medical doctor, now turned leadership consultant, and a lifelong lover of great stories. Each week, I combine my passion for great stories with my passion for great leadership to bring you inspiring as well as actionable tips and strategies to help you love your life, lead with impact, and transform your world. Thanks for joining me today. Let's jump straight into your weekly dose of leadership stories. As usual, joining me for a conversation today is my producer, Yamikani. Yes, yes, yes. Best <laughs> Welcome. time of the week. Thank yeah, you. I look forward Thank to you. it too. Uh, this yeah. is always amazing. Mm. Uh, thank you for the space you've created for us to learn and grow yeah. uh, in leadership. Yeah. All right. Well, today's episode is titled Unlocking Potential. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this week, I had the privilege of being involved in National Bank of Malawi's campaign called Unlock Your Potential. Mm-hmm. And basically, they just want to encourage people, especially young people, yes. during this time where we're all having to stay at home because of the coronavirus. And have all the time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead of just wasting the time, yes. they want people to spend the time on growth and personal mm. development. So That's they come clever. out better on the other side of this crisis, mm. you know, just preparing for success on the other side. Uh. And this invitation came at the right time Mm. because this whole idea of untapped potential was already on my mind. Mm. So, you know, we're all listening to stuff online. So I was listening to this preacher online Uh and he says something that I was like, what? Because I I started finding myself getting offended. Yes. Oh, you also "Hmm." can get offended. That's good to know. (laughs) I try not to, but yeah, this really ruffled my feathers a bit. Uh And he said... Uh, Africa is the richest continent in the world with reference to natural resources and the poorest continent in the world in terms of living conditions. Africa's main problem isn't money, it's mindsets. And I was like, yeah, that's cold. That's too too soon. That's too real. (laughs) That's too real. Uh But I mean, it's true, isn't it? It's like every other nation in the world comes to Africa and taps into our abundant resources here. But us Africans, what are we doing with everything we've been blessed with, right? Yes, even when you think Mm. about the walls that have been here in Africa, they've been Mm. around resources, but resources that are not powering Africa, Mm. uh, mostly resources that are getting out of Africa. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that is really, really sad to know that that's a reality we have to. That is a reality, in. and yeah, I think it's just a painful truth mm-hmm. that we want to pretend like we didn't hear it. <laughs> like, no, he did not say that. He did. He but went there. <laughs> he said that. He actually went there. Yeah. That we. Uh, the problem is not the resources. It's not the. Uh, mm things we have but it's mm-hmm. the mindset it's we our have. mindsets and like yeah. my first response is like no not me uh-huh. not, i'm not part of that you're like mm. oh, but when you really think about yeah. it scratch the surface and yep. see mm-hmm. yeah so i did start scratching the surface and his statement took me back like yep. 10 15 years ago uh-huh. i was running a project for school-aged youth called wise up great and so basically, I was teaching young people life, leadership skills. Yeah. We had fun in games. Oh. And a big part was scholarships. So I'd pay school fees, school supplies for disadvantaged youth, orphans, nice. kids from yeah, single homes, yeah, single parent homes. And that's when I experienced firsthand that when you try to help people, mm. sometimes their issues can be so complex and require so much more than just throwing money 
at the situation. Mm. Yeah. So let me share the story of Leah, and that's not her real name. Okay. So Leah went to Chichiri Secondary School. That's one of the schools I collaborated with. Yes. So whenever the head teacher came across a child who had a need, she'd get in touch with me. Mm. So she told me about Leah. She said, Leah's a bright girl. She's been selected to the school. She comes from a single parent home and her mom can't afford the fees. And even her primary school teacher had come mm. and he said, please, please do something for this child. She's such a promising student. Yeah. We want to do whatever we can to get her through school. And I was like, sure, I'm happy to help. Yeah. And you know, at that time, we're talking like 10, 15 years ago. I'm yeah. not sure now, yeah. but the school fees at that time per term yeah. was 9,500 kwacha. So and I'm like, a child can't go to school because of 9,500 kwacha. Yeah. That's not right. That's, That's what, $12, right something like that. Yeah. There's no way. I need to get her through school. So Leia and her family, they lived in Machinjiri. I went to visit them with the two head teachers. Mm. And I see the family, they live in a, a one-room house. I'm not talking one bedroom, one room, right? Just a room. Just one room. That okay. is everything. One room with everything. So Leia, who's 13 years old, with her mom and her three-year-old sister. And as we're discussing how to help Leia through school, it rapidly becomes apparent that just paying her school fees is not going to be enough. So they live in Machinji. Already she'd started the first term and she was walking to school every day. But the distance was just too far, Machinji to Chichiri. It was taking her an hour, an hour and a half in the morning. That's a long distance. Yeah, the same. Exactly. And you've had a full day at school. Yeah. No, it was just becoming too much. So occasionally she'd get a ride with a neighbor who had a little pickup truck mm-hmm. going to the market to drop off vegetables and stuff. But it was irregular. It was unreliable. Okay. And so we'd been doing this for lots of students. But mm-hmm. for students in her position, we tried to find them a place in a boarding school. Yes. But for Leia, there was no space. Wow. So I just agreed, okay, I'll pay her transport costs to and from school, and she joined the scholarship program. Now, for a child to be part of the program, I insisted that they had to get a passing grade each term. That's actually a good thing. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. But I was really surprised. When I got Leia's school report that first term, she had failed every subject. Oh, my God. I mean, literally every subject. She was getting like 20%, 15%, things like that. That's brutal. She failed really badly. And I was like, this is supposed to be a promising student. What's yeah, going on? A, What's happening? Great recommendations. As yeah, well. from the teachers yeah. and everything. So I was really surprised. Oh. And, and I was like, what's going on? And so several things were going on. For a start, okay. getting homework done was an issue. When she came home from school, she had to do chores, which, okay, is good yeah. enough. But it's cooking, cleaning, fetching water, fetching firewood. And on top of that, the mom had a s- small stall at the market near their home. Yeah. And kept it open until late in the evening. So Leah was either taking care of her little sister or actually at the market stall, you know, tr- selling these little bric-a-brac that her mom was selling there until late at night. So basically all her mm. time she was working, doing yeah. something else apart from school. Exactly. So the only time mm-hmm. she could do school stuff was mm. walking to school, being in class, in class walking, walking back, back home, mm. and right away getting into work. Yeah. So essentially there was no time for homework. Yeah. Uh, Even if she wanted to. I mean, after a long day like that, you're tired. Even rest. Yeah. There's no time for rest. (laughs) But this family, of course, there's no electricity. There's no running water. So even if she wanted to do her homework at night, there was no electricity. Wow. So we appealed to the mom. We're like, please, can you at least during the week 
give her that space to do her homework. And they're like, well, there's no even electricity here. So I gave them an allowance to buy paraffin for their little paraffin lamp mm. to, you know, at least have that. Yeah. And then we started looking for other ways to support this family mm. because what the mum was doing, the, the little market store that she had, the source of income, it wasn't really reliable. It yes. wasn't supporting the family. Yeah, yeah. Plus, there's this little three-year-old who, mm. in 10 years' time, I don't want to be providing fees for her as well. Yeah, it's true. like, let this family get yeah. on their own feet. Mm -hmm. So what transpired was the mom had been in a program with these groups that help small business women, yeah. but she'd fallen behind on the payments of her loan, so she was no longer, she'd been kicked out of that group. So she asked us, you know, just please give us, give me some inputs for my mandasi business, yeah. you know, little donut business mm -hmm. so I can get this up and running again. So we gave her flour, we gave her oil, we gave her the other stuff she requested. And the first week, it was brilliant. The Amazing. donuts were, yeah, it was really good. It was really promising. The donuts were selling well. She even called us. So I had a nice sample of the donuts, delicious. But a couple of weeks later, yeah, she was back at that little store. Oh, man. She said she had an emergency, so she had to sell everything to wow. raise some quick cash. Wow. So that was the end of that. And I tell you, I mean, for two years I tried helping this family. It was like I was getting sucked in. You know, yeah. when you feel like you're getting sucked <laughs> yeah, in just to like... somebody, somebody's life. Oh, wow. And wow, I was like, you know what? It seemed to be constantly one thing after, after another. another yeah. So it's like in the cold season, I discovered they just had one thin blanket for the three of them. Wow. You know, so I got them some blankets and then her grades still weren't picking up. So I said, OK, let me help you with tuition after yeah. school. Yeah. So we did that. Uh -huh. But then the disturbing thing was Leia's dad was dead. Uh -huh. But um, the dad of the little sister, the three year old, yes. was different. Okay. And he was sort of still in their lives. He'd come in and out, in and out. Come and in and out in the one room? Yeah. House? Yeah, so that was now becoming awkward because now Leia's a teenage, teenage girl and it's like the wow. mom was thinking that, you know, this girl is cramping my style, basically. Wow. Yeah. So form one, form two, it was just a constant battle yeah. trying to keep this girl in school. Yeah. And then finally, yeah. I got insight into what I was actually dealing with. Yeah. So I went to visit. I would visit them periodically, at least yeah. once a month. Yeah. And I'd go there to chat with the family. And then this week, I think it must be a weekend because yeah. when I went there, the neighbors were around. It was nice. We we're just chatting. Yeah. I sat there on the mkeka yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, and yeah. it was nice chatting with the ladies. Yeah. And there I learned that Leah had been the only girl in her class to go to secondary school. Wow. Yeah. Which I think you would have connected yeah. with mm -hmm. being the mm. first female uh, to graduate. Uh, from college of medicine it's something to be proud of right yeah, that, you would have thought yeah, yeah i would have thought like, but uh -huh. it wasn't something to be proud of let me tell you Whoa. everyone was laughing at her because of making it to school exactly huh. they pointed to there was another girl there with a leia's age sort of yeah. and she had a baby on her back mm -hmm. and she had been a classmate of leia wow and so people were laughing and said look you know, while is wasting her time oh, in school, wow. look, her friends are getting married and having wow. babies. And that other girl was only 15 years of age. Wow. And Leia by that time was about 14. So basically she was in a community that valued what the other girl was doing yeah. than what she mm -hmm. was pursuing. Exactly. Which is why, because we'd wonder, I was telling the mom that, you know, it's like you're fighting against me every step of the way. I'm doing wow. everything I can wow. to keep your daughter in school. But the mom kept on like sabotaging everything. And yeah. that's when I finally understood that our values were completely different. 
Like I was valuing education and the mom wasn't valuing what we were trying to do in her daughter's mm. life at all. Mm. Yeah. And and that's mm-hmm. a brutal place because mm. it's like you are uh, pushing a camel to drink water mm. and it's like, not today, not yeah. today. <laughs> like, but yeah. you, you look hungry mm-hmm. and... <laughs> And what's going on? <laughs> it, it wasn't working. And, you know, unfortunately, yeah. Leia dropped out of school at form oh, four. Man. You know, and you can say she dropped out, but she just didn't get the grades for her wow. JC. And she just said, I don't really know what how I lost contact with the family. But I probably, Honestly, she this probably. this is one of those stories mm. that's like gut-wrenching in a sense because yeah. you're like, you really are just hoping for that amazing ending mm-hmm. and she gets to be the <laughs> Best female astronaut from Malawi Ooh, or something like that. You wish, right? And life really happens. Yeah, and, yeah. But yes. it wasn't an isolated story, though. Wow. I mean, because I was dealing with these this program from, I think, 2007 to about 2012. So over a five-year period. Wow. And I've just chosen that story. But there are other stories like it, similar mm. to it, mm. where you're trying to help the young people and their families, but things just weren't mm. working, mm. you know? Mm. And that's when I realized that the lack of money wasn't the problem because I came with money. I was removing the money obstacle, wow. but the money wasn't the obstacle. The obstacle was the mindset. Wow, the obstacle a, was the way the families thought. The problem was the way they viewed life. That's a powerful revelation. Mm. Like you could have brought all the money you needed, mm. but if they didn't change what their priorities or what they thought about life was about, yeah, it was almost impossible to making a progress yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's why in the end i ended up agreeing with what the preacher said that <laughs> <laughs> like the problem is the surface, you're like yeah. oh my god I yeah mean, he's is right true. he I've is right this. exactly wow that if we want to unlock the potential of africa yeah. we have to transform the mindset of mm. africans mm. Mm. so how do we do that or is that a topic for another day? <laughs> you know, that's a huge topic, right? Yes. So yes. it is a topic for another day. All right. Because, I mean, we'd just scratch the surface if we'd talk about it today. That's but I think true. we should carry it over okay. to next week's podcast. That's, that's clever. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. I'm with you on that. You're with me on that. Yes. Great. So that's all we have time for in this episode. Thanks for joining me and my producer, Yamikani. If you have a question or a comment, leave a voice message and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. To engage further, follow the links to my website and my social media. So thanks again for listening. And always remember, you were created to love your life, lead with impact and transform your world.